Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to TrailerCast. As always, if there are things that pique your curiosity here, um, ideas or, or things you're like, ah, I'd like to know more about that, or I'd like my own story to be a part of this conversation, please always reach out. Um, I also created, founded a group of top, top clinicians. We work um, via remote technology, which means that you can access quality care wherever you are. We started Radical Wellness before the pandemic. And the reason I'm saying that is because um, it wasn't as a result to trauma. It wasn't a result of, let's use Zoom. Um, Radical Wellness exists on our remote platform. So that way we can go to you where you're actually at. So I want you to think about that when you, or if you go to your own therapist, typically you have to like get dressed, <laughs> like pull yourself together, get out of the house, maybe you have to pay for babysitter, maybe you have to leave your family system, maybe you have to leave work. And by the time you get there, you've, you've already pulled yourself together. And the gift to me of being able to use telehealth is to go to the place where the things are happening take me to the spot in your house that's hard let's go sit somewhere together where it's where it's been lonely or where you felt isolated or where you're exhausted from homeschooling or or where you sit you know I want to see the places and let us do the work there right in the heart of what is going on and so if you are looking for a person to work with if you are interested in getting started in your own journey we have a variety of people and ways to do that if you're looking for community, you know, we've been in such an interesting experience globally these last couple years. Would love to invite you to check out our restorative learning communities. We host super small groups. We're talking five people. And the point is to be able to cultivate community in togetherness. So wherever you are, again, we're using a telehealth platform, which allows us to connect with people all over the country, which is so fun to get to learn together, to get to move our bodies together, to get to explore concepts together. If you're interested, all of the information about Radical Wellness can be found at www.radicalwellness.co.co. And please let me know if you have questions or thoughts or interested in anything at all. Talk soon. Hi, you guys. Welcome to TrailerCast. I am Elise Snipes, your host, and I am heralding <laughs> to you from my self-imposed sabbatical. Um, if you're new here, TrailerCast is a podcast that originally started um, in a 1953 Bulls Arrow trailer that was in the midst of deconstruction to reconstruction. Uh, my husband and I quit our jobs within a day of each other. We drove up the coast from California to Oregon with three kids, <laughs> all under the age of four, and we were gonna change our lives. We bought this trailer and brought it home, and in the midst of deconstructing from a whole host of uh, systems and organizations and other people's thoughts and feelings and uh, things that were placed on us, maybe you know what this is like in your own experience. When you've belonged to something and so the story was put on you, whether that's an organization or a or company culture, or whether that's church, church culture, or whatever it is, families, right? 
in this family, we, right, dot, dot, dot. Maybe it's a sports team. Maybe it's, it's some place where in order to belong, there was an agreed upon set of values and ideals and beliefs and things that went along with it. And to move outside of it uh, could be an egregious move. And we did that move. Um, drove, got the trailer, brought it home, ripped it apart. It served as such a beautiful vehicle for us to literally take something down to the bones, just the metal container, and even that, to check it out rivet by rivet. And to, you know, I started literally, the, the first picture of the first ever episode is there's nothing in the trailer. There's not even walls. <laughs> it's just bones. And I wanted to be in there in the mess. I wanted to be in in motion and in participation with the teardown. I didn't need or want or even care to wait for it to be finished. I don't even know what that means still. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to practice using my voice uh, before it was done, or before it was pretty, before I could see it on the other side. And so the trailer served as a, as a container and as a vehicle and as a story for us that held our individual work, our, our work as a couple, to continue to kind of figure out who we are on the other side of these big jobs we left and big identities and big roles and, oh man, big legacy, things that were expected from us. And then because of that, maybe there was an absence of choice. And so here we are in this trailer I wrote all over the floorboards. My dreams and visions and hopes for what the trailer would become is a, it was gonna be my office and it has been for the last four years. Um, but before it was an office, it was just a space to scribble down hope. And so I got crayons, <laughs> I've got kids, right? So I sat on the, sat on the floor and cried and I cried for everything that the world we'd been in had been for us up until that point. I'd left a big clinical director job in the world of therapy. My husband left a pastoral job in a church. And I considered everything that therapy had been for me up until that point, my role, the people I'd been able to serve, the stories I'd heard, the experiences, my own work in therapy uh, from both sides of the couch. And, and then I wrote out what I hoped that it could be. What could therapy be? What could it look like? What could it feel like? What's the point? What are we doing out here? What do people really need? And so TrailerCast came from a place of a lot of questions and a lot of, a lot of what are we really doing to pause and think. And so here I am um, a month and a half into sabbatical. I've never taken a break um, from work. <laughs> I've babysat since the time I was eight. I um, worked as my first like legal job. I was a pool lifeguard. Don't worry, guys. Um, and I've worked, just worked. Surf shops, delis, uh, nanny. Been in the, in the work field. When I had my first kiddo, even via C-section, I took off, I want to say, two and a half weeks before I was back at work. I just didn't even know about breaks. Like I didn't, 
for one, there was a sense of I couldn't, I didn't know how to give that to myself. Time. And then being a therapist, we're often we're self-employed. And so to miss work is to miss the financial support we need to live. And so for three kids, I took off no more than two, two and a half weeks per kid, which is a disgrace to me. I look back now and I'm like, wow, Elise, you really needed that time. And so look at me out here. I'm giving myself the break. So I'm on a self-imposed sabbatical September 1st to December 1st and the first time even since being in the mental health field that I've been able to pause and really take the perspective also to like kind of let my ears drain let my eyes heal let let my heart rest let let all the 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 stories and experiences and things drip from me a bit you know just like the trailer Um, I have become a vehicle and a container and I have needed some maintenance. That's the best way I could maybe put it out there. And I, I'm learning to give that to myself that it's not, it's not going to show up, right? For whatever it's worth, what this has been like these last these last weeks has been in sep- in just in- incredibly refreshing. There's been a, I've been resting, I've been writing, I've been using this time to sometimes just do nothing and then also to finish things. I'm a real good starter. I'm really good at initiating um, ideas and projects and um, I love creativity and I mean, I could every day I could I have could have a new idea, and and what that leads to is a lot of things that get started, but not a lot of things that get finished. And so I made a commitment to myself during this sabbatical as well that I wouldn't start a new thing. <laughs> this isn't a time for uh, <laughs> taking time out of what was regular work to just do new things. And so halfway through, literally, I thought, so I don't need to start something, but what would it be like to finish something? So I've returned to a lot of writing, and I am in the midst of writing um, my personal story, my actual, like, um, my personal narrative, my experience from birth to where this podcast started, leaving our jobs and doing something new. Um, Story, you know, it's like, I've never even seen my whole life written down in one pass, you know, I've, I can focus in on segments or relationships or single incident traumas. Um, I can see where the complex trauma took place. And, but never, never have I seen, like, the full arc, like, the whole thing. And it's bringing up a lot, obviously. Hence why I'm, like, in a couple forms of therapy for myself right now. I'm in, doing equine therapy, which is working with horses. I'm in somatic therapy, just working with the way the body has stored and kept experience and trauma. Um, and now we use the body as a way to work that back out. So just, again, just sharing with you my lived experience as it is and as it unfolds and as I unfold. But here's what I wanted to get to today. There, there was a collision of sorts, a collision of... The, 
the, I'd like to say the truth that came out of my writing project, my writing, and the collision of if I were to sum up every single story in therapy I have ever worked with and put it into one story that I could probably reach in and grab out one sentiment, okay? That colliding with my own story. And that is what I mean by this being more of the thing rather than a thing to notice. So here's what I want to say. This is the heart of of this episode of this podcast right now. What I notice coming out of my own story is a chapter that doesn't fit yet. And the story that came out of almost 100,000 hours of sitting with people is this. The story that we receive, and what I mean by that is we're dropped into the plot. When we're born, we enter into a movie that's already in motion, okay? And as soon as we get there, we work to figure out what's going on and, and who's good and who's not and what the story is and how we're involved and what it's got to do with us and what it doesn't. And we move through story, my story and the people that I've worked with, maybe yours too. And it goes like this. I experience my life. I experience trauma because that's part of the human condition. Some of, some of them large, some of them uh, daily, some of them forgotten, some of them unable to forget. But what usually comes in to the therapy office is the things that went wrong, right? Typically, that's what's brought into work on. This thing went wrong. This thing went sideways. This thing happened, and I don't want to do that. This is what my mom was like. This is what my dad was like. This is what my brother was like. You know, that we do the flash through your own story. You are aware of what it was like growing up in your own home. You are aware of what your mom is like. You are aware of the story and the life you're expected to live. Felt experience. Felt like you know when you've done something wrong, whether or not someone ever said it to you, you knew it. You know, there's these felt experiences of rules, and if, you, if you're doing it the right way or the wrong way, and we're, we're shoved into this binary reality that there's this and then there's this. And so here's what I want us to get to today is this. At some point, when people decide that they're going to come to work on their story, they decide that it's going to look like this. Like nothing that it's ever looked like in their past, right? So if my dad was an alcoholic, I'm not going to drink. If my mom was a rager, I'm not going to yell. It's an ode to opposites. If my family was uh, super religious and dogmatic, we're going to be very free-spirited. Um, if, if my parents di- and, and didn't cook well for our family, I'm going to make sure that I do a really good job providing my family nutritious meals. Um, uh, and, and people begin to pivot or to make changes or to try to do it differently by doing it just the opposite of what they've known. Okay, think about that for a second. Where does that fit into any part of your story? Is there any part of you that's ever said, I'm going to do it like this instead? And then you just did the the opposite. You just did the different thing. 
And sure, there's plenty of things that we do that are still the same that we're like, yeah, I appreciate that or I liked that, all right? I'm not talking about that stuff because that stuff usually doesn't make it in the door <laughs> to therapy. So here's, here's what I wanted. Here's what kind of the collision. Here's what, what happened. The car accident of my life and, and my life's work was this. At what point in our ode to opposites, at what point in our commitment to try to escape our legacy that we are focusing on just doing it in an opposite way rather than in a new way. Okay, I want you, th I want you to think of it like this. In our effort to do it differently, we're not actually doing anything new. We're actually repeating the cycle by putting the thing that we say we don't want to do at the center of our choices. If there is addiction in your household and you decide you're going to have a different relation to that addiction, the addiction is still primary. The addiction is still center. Because now what we're doing is we're saying, I'm going to have the relationship to that thing, but it's different than the way my parents did. Um, we say... I'm, again, like all the examples I've used so far, I'm going to do it differently. But what we're not doing is who we actually are. What we're not doing is finding our own relationship to anger or alcohol or yelling or politics um, or the world. We're just flipping the script. We're not living our narrative. I want you to think about this. If everything we've done up until this point is based on what we've seen, how could the story actually get different? How will generations actually change or shift if we just repeat the pattern either in an opposite way or in the exact same way? The collision to me is this. I don't want to stay in the story that has kept so many members of my family stuck by continuing to stay inside a story, a role, a script that has kept things exactly the way that they have always been because it's all that anyone's ever seen. To actually shift, to actually make change, to actually do the heart, the thing that I've actually always wanted to do would be to figure out actually who I am and my actual relationship to all the things I'm trying to shift rather than just doing the opposite of the people that have come before me or the same of the people who have come before me. What is Elise's take on that? What's your take on that? What is your actual self if you were not shaped just by the story you've lived? I don't know if this is coming out clearly, but I'm I'm, this is just, it's like it's, it rushes through me, thoughts and feelings and ideas and ah, things like this. And, and then they end up here because this place has been such a treasured vehicle for process and growth and thinking out loud. And, and so I, I keep looking at this, trying to turn it around and turn it over and, and get to the, to the thing with you. And so in the most simple terms... If you were to do your life as you wanted to, not out of response 
to your lived experience, what would that be like? What would that be like? What would your parenting look like? If you're a parent, what would your relationship to parenting be like? If you weren't parenting out of all the stories you've been handed, if you weren't using only the constructs that you've seen, what about if you're partnered or married? What is your relationship dynamic like? What is your relationship to intimacy, to sex, to finances, to role sharing, to, what, to, the, the, to who gets to live their dream and pursue this career? How much of the way it's going is based on the way it's gone? How many of you are like, oh, well, my dad, blah, 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 and then you either do it that way or try and do it the opposite or some degree in there and then we don't actually get to change and morph into the way you would actually do it if that wasn't the only thing you'd ever seen. I'm going to keep going with this. So when I think about the story I was um, born into, the life I was born into, um, I can remember being in grade school and thinking, I'm going to write a book on exactly what not to do, right? <laughs> Here I am, you know, 30 years later, uh, doing something just like that and realizing that that's not the story. The story isn't to just look at and say, oh, I'm going to do the exact opposite of this. I'll never tell my children this. And there are some actual things in my life that I'm like, you know what, Elise, you're right. You probably should never say that to your children. That was, that is, that was wrong and is still wrong. And um, that's not the whole story. What do I want to say to my children? How do I want to parent them when it comes to their emotions? How do I want to handle conflict? Not from the paradigm I was handed, not from the paradigm that I wished I was handed, but from sourcing, connecting to like innovation, to spontaneity, to actually looking at what is in front of me now, not what happened then, what is in front of me now, the children in front of me now, the self that I am now. How do I want to enter into this with who I am as I am now? Do you hear how totally different this paradigm is? And maybe it's not a car crash for you. Maybe you've already come to this. Maybe it's not a collision. Maybe it's not even an aha. Maybe it's like a duh. <laughs> okay. Either way, I'd love to know. Um, the intersection of what happens when we realize that the options in front of us, the road in front of us, the roles in front of us, all the ways that this thing can get put back together, right? Constructed or reconstructed, that it's actually limitless possibility, that it's actually quantum options. You're not stuck. You're not stuck. I'm not stuck. I have not signed a, you know, a deal with the devil that says this is the way that I will be forever and the way that it's always gone. You guys, that's, that's like... um. That's, like the, that's how limiting beliefs corrupt us into thinking that uh, change isn't really an option or really possible. It is. And it might require, um, it might require something drastic. It might require or ask of you to imagine what it could be like to conceive of the kind of marriage you've hoped was an option 
or how about the type of relationship with yourself that it's not just on someone else's social media feed, but in your actual daily life? That all the things that you find dreamy or that you worship in little squares on your, on your phone are actually available for you to live in your life as you call it. I think that's the thing that I, I hope that we get a chance to wake up to is we get a say and we get to say how it goes. That's the self-sovereignty. That's the personal autonomy. That's the right of an adult is that I am no longer a child in that system. I am an adult in this system. And so how do I want to say it goes here? So it does take some shaking off of the old story. For better or for worse, there's a sense of like, shake it off to see what's there. Shake it off to see if that actually serves us. And to just do something because it's the way it's always been done is not enough for me. That, that, we, just, that we just do that feels like sound asleep. Now we choose that or we do that because of this. That's, a, that's like a conscious awake to the self, awake to this life now kind of moment. That's the legacy that I want to live now. To take an inventory, to go rivet by rivet of my own life and to say, hey, what is this here for? What is this holding together? Does that actually make sense? Is this because this is someone else's story? A couple podcasts ago, early this year, I had talked to you about um, shifting or transitioning out of uh, a relationship with alcohol. That on a weekend retreat that I lead, I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in a behavior that isn't mine. And I thought it had something to do with my, own, with my dad's alcoholism. And so I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm going to not drink alcohol. And I honored that like commitment, this time period to see what was there. And I realized that whether drinking or not drinking, I'm still focusing on the thing. I'm still focusing on alcohol rather than on my actual self or my actual relationship to alcohol. If I put myself at the top of that, then I could see that it, I have a chance for things to change. If I wasn't looking at other people's stories and relationships to alcohol, then I could see my own instead of just doing the opposite of what I've seen. Do you know what I'm saying? So I am going rivet by rivet on this sabbatical in my writing is where it comes forward the most. And what I said about every client I've ever worked with is this, that the pain story that is brought in, the wound story that is brought in is a reaction to what has happened and then the agreement that they will never do that, that they will never repeat the things that have happened to them. But what are you missing by promising that you're never going to do that thing? What is your true form? What is your true nature? What could your relationship with yourself, with religion, with God, with alcohol, with cake, I don't know, like what could your relationship be to these things if we weren't saying that we're never going to do this, we're only going to do it like that, or because of this pain, I will not. Could we move out of that story as the only way forward? Could we shift into the unknown? You know, I don't know how I'd like to teach my family about um, God, politics, um, 
finances, anger, sex, um, all the things, right, that tend to, tend to be the things we bring in to, to, to work on. Because what I don't want is just to repeat everything I've ever seen, but I want to know what is possible for us and what, is, what do I need information on, healing on, repair on. What story do I need to shed in order to be in this story now rather than that story then? And what about my partner? If I am partnered, what about their story and what they're stuck in and what they've been told is, is the good thing or, or whatever? What needs to be shed there? And then for the people that you might be parenting, if you are, if you are a parent in this day and age, man, it's not a blanket system. I can't tell you. I've got three insanely <laughs> diverse children between what what they need and why and how and when. And so when I think about teaching them about anger or sex or alcohol or God or politics or vaccines or why we do things or why we don't do things, man, they need those things differently than just in this family, we blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to repeat that cycle. I'm going to be aware of right now what the story what the truth of our family is going to be based on what they're able to understand and work on co-participating, work on working together towards having conversations where we talk more about um, how we make these decisions rather than the outcome of these decisions. I hope to produce thinking adults when I'm done raising kids, not obedient children. I want to raise adults who are capable of research in and thinking and feeling and trying without shame or hang-up. I hope I raise adults that get it wrong and love themselves enough to pick them back, themselves back up and are like, oh, okay, so that didn't work, so now what? That's resilience to me. Not that they overcame a bunch of shit, but that they are able to continue. So... This is why this chapter doesn't fit in my book somewhere because there's one that's still being written. It's still, it's in real time. This is the one that we're living, that I'm living now, which is I know the things that have come before me. I'm, I already lived it. I'm writing it. And what I want is not just the opposite. What I want is maybe something I don't even know yet. What I want is not just to say stick up my nose or my thumb or whatever the saying is and say, I'm not going that way. Well, to be like, okay, so what's open for us? So what could be next? What could be our story? What could be available to us? And what if the way that we did that opened up a whole nother realm of things that were possible for us, of our take on this or our experience on this or the way that we see that or the way that we do that or talk about that or hold that or do this together? So my invitation to, to you alongside of me in this work is to consider your rivets, to consider the things that hold your container together. What things are you doing as an ode to opposites? Does that fit for you? If so, great, then claim it as your natural way of doing it rather than just because um, you're doing it differently than mom and dad. Let it be your story, not theirs. And if it doesn't fit, then what other way would you like to do it? 
I want to be more concrete. So there's a part of me that's like, like pick, I'm trying to think about what are the most dominant things that come in, like um, the way we deal with feelings, right? Whatever commitment you've made to yourself along the way, where you said, I'm, gonna, I'm doing it the opposite of my family, is that the way you want to keep doing it? Is that your, yourself and your story? Is that how you would have lived your life if those things wouldn't have happened to you? Like, is that, would that be your relationship to, again, I don't know, God, sex, politics, things, cake? <laughs> like, is that? So in whose life are you living? Whose legacy are you living? It's the search, it's the journey, it's the questions, it's not the outcome, it's not the product, it's, it's a life of inventory, it's a life of curiosity, it's a life of, of opening up to see how good this thing could get, to see what's actually there so that we could actually live in our true self, in our own vicarious form, rather than something that's been scripted. So, here we are. Um, I hope that this podcast and this episode specifically is a vehicle for you to like, rub up against. You know, I, I, when there's friction, if there's something that's like, ooh, I don't know if I like that, great, explore it. If you're like, oh, I didn't think about it that way, cool, keep going. The point is participation, just like the conversations I have with my kids, friends, partner. The point is participation. How do you see it? What do you know? What do you think? What's within you? How does it fit to you? It doesn't matter how it fits for me. It matters how it fits for you. So my, my hope and invitation, again, let me know. <laughs> Please. I love it when you pop into my um, Instagram messages or email messages or um, for my, my friends that listen to this podcast and text me after each episode. I love you. I love that you do that. I, 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 it means so much to me that you would even listen and then take the time to come back and be like, hey, this part on this episode, minute four, 23 seconds in, something happened for me. Thank you. That's the way this becomes a living conversation, not just a, a one-way thing. So I'd love to know if this made, <laughs> if this made sense to you. I'd love to know if something woke up in you. I'd love to know what questions you have. I'd love to know if there's specific things that are like, hey, um, I'd like to have a conversation about that. And maybe we can get into the particulars of your story and where that script has happened to you. Um, maybe we could record that if you're interested. So that way other people can hear uh, uh, some real examples of how we move out of the ode to opposites and into vicarious self to actual like, oh, I'm living my actual life. So I hope that this week um, takes you by surprise. I hope that uh, you begin to pull things open and see what's in there and consider what it would be like to live life as you say on your terms according to your story. Okay, talk soon.